I don't think that because you believe in the demonic powers, that makes you crazy. Right. Okay. For one thing, that is such a colonialist assumption. It's outrageous. Welcome to the Enter the Bible podcast, where you can get answers or at least reflections on everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Katie Langston. And I'm Catherine Schifferdecke. And our special <laughs> guest, I think it's, I'm a, I'm a little nervous already. I mean, <laughs> we, we're going to have a little exorcism after this podcast. But. Actually, our special guest today is Beelzebub. <laughs> The Prince of Darkness himself has joined us. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> now we're going to exercise everything for real. Okay. So our guest, our actual guest, no, is not Beazelbub, uh, but his cousin. No. <laughs> our actual guest, our actual guest today is our dear friend Alan Paget. Oh, there you go. Professor of Systematic Theology here at Luther Seminary and a Bible geek. Total Bible nerd. He loves the Bible as well as systematic theology. So, Alan. Which apparently isn't a contradiction. Which is not a contradiction. Actually, I would say I love the Bible because I love systematic theology. Oh. That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. All right. All right. So, Alan, uh, the reason that we have you as a guest on this is not because you yourself are demonic, but because... (laughs) Please, Jesus, be with us in this meeting. We, we, you, you have taught, you have taught a class on the demonic here at Luther Seminary. You, you have, and you will probably in the future. So, how how would you respond? Is it crazy to believe in demons? I suppose technically it could be. Yeah. I mean, in the sense that, how do I want to put it? We have to get the relationship right. Some people, who are unfortunately mentally ill. Hmm. One of the manifestations of that is they see demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. true. I mean, they don't just think they're Napoleon or whatever. Although th- that's true too. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it is not. I don't think that because you believe in the demonic powers that makes you crazy. Right. Okay. For one thing, that is such a colonialist assumption. It's outrageous. That's so true. Th- the first thing I want to say is this is a totally Western Enlightenment. Uh, question. Yeah. Uh, in most cultures of the world today, I'm not talking about the ancient past. Yeah. Even ones that are highly technological and scientific, um, the question of spiritual evil is not, does it exist? It's not a question. It's just like, what do you think of it maybe? How do we deal with it? It's assumed. It's, it's just assumed. It's yeah. assumed that there are such things as spiritual evils of some kind. You have to be very vague here, right? Um. So, yeah, that's a Western question. It doesn't mean it's wrong, though, I think. Sure, sure. It is wrong. So if, if you have a, let's say, secular first attitude toward the world, which I, th- I have, I think every, all the intellectuals I know in the United States had it. Uh, uh, most Western intellectuals have it. And all I mean by that is the first thing you think about is sort of the natural, normal, everyday explanations of things. And then when something really weird happens and you have to stop and think, is maybe you'll go to your theological beliefs hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't have any theological beliefs, you just try to explain it away. Sure. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, yeah. we all think in a sort of secular first way. And that's yeah, true yeah. about thinking about demons, too. So 
I find the whole question very spiritually disturbing. Okay. Yeah. So like when I teach this class, I, I'm serious. I tell all of you will pray a lot and go to chapel a lot yeah. Yeah. in this class. Yeah. And I want you to find other people you know that are good, spiritual, wise people and have them pray for you this semester. Mm-hmm. And I am not kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, there really is such a thing as a spiritual growth. Yeah. Okay. So once you say that, I mean, it's pretty hard to look at human history and not believe that. It's equally hard to read the Bible and not believe that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, when you've got those two pieces of evidence, yeah. you know, and plus your own life, and you've seen spiritual evil corrupt groups and people and take them down some very nasty roads, then the question is, you know, how do we understand this in terms of scripture and theology? Yeah. That's the question. Yeah. Okay. So um, in the class, you know, we go over different uh, ways that Bible scholars and theologians have interpreted, talk about the demonic, as we say in theology, very abstract, mm-hmm. um, in Scripture. So that's, actually there's a lot of interesting things about uh, demons and uh, Satan in yeah. the Bible. One thing that is there's a definite development around the idea of a personal uh, enemy, spiritual being, heavenly being of some kind, who's, a, who's the enemy of Israel, the enemy of God's people, the enemy of Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So there's that interesting sort of focusing and uh, as one, you might say, this is not pure history of religions. This is sort of theological speculation. As God becomes more and more associated within human societies, with Israel, right? And Uh then more personal within the realm of human life and flesh and body. So the spiritual evils become more personal. So So that by the the time you get to Matthew... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just open it up, and there's Satan tempting Jesus. Right. So yeah. Jesus like represents dude. God, who's a yeah. dude, and yeah. Satan's a dude. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I right. mean, that to me is fascinating. I have no idea why that is. I'm completely clueless. Well, it, it may be helpful to say that there's there's a difference in the Old Testament. There doesn't. It, it's it's in later texts. I mean, in in some mm-hmm. of the the later texts of the Old Testament where you do like get Second this, Chronicles twenty one, like Second Chronicles, uh, where you get. Uh, some uh, or, or Daniel, where you get this mm. kind of personal evil, right? The Satan. Obviously, the Satan is is part of the Book of Job as well, but there, that's another story. The Satan right. seems to the be more Satan of a, is a kind of a, a a title rather than a than a personal right. name. And both, sorry. Well, I, I was just going to say, but even in the earlier text in the Old Testament, it's you may not have that that kind of demonic single person, mm-hmm. but you still have this sense of evil, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think of a figure like the Pharaoh, mm-hmm. right? The Pharaoh who's who claims to be a god, who is the enemy of God, who, uh, you know, from the first chapter of Exodus is working against God's will for life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is trying to kill all the Hebrew male babies, right? That, that, that he's not Satan, but he's participating in that same kind of demonic or 
uh, the the enemy of God, working the against God's will. The enemy of God and God's yeah. people, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's also other gods. I mean, the other gods right. are, um, well, they're worshiping them would be idolatrous, but also sometimes the other gods, too, are portrayed as, as evil. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so that it's whatever you want to think about the most ancient monotheism in, represented in some of the early parts of the Bible, it's not a pure monotheism where the only real God is God. You get that later in like the prophets. Right. Mm -hmm. But interestingly, even the prophets, you've got those passages like in Isaiah and Ezekiel where the king of Babylon is thinks of himself as a god. And of course, in the ancient Near Eastern world, right, those rulers were literally understood to be sons of God. Like the gods would have intercourse with women and these demigods would be born, these right. sons of God. Like... Like, the, you know, he, Hercules is an example in Greek mythology, but so they actually did think they were gods. You know, yeah. I mean, when Alexander the Great finally died, he was basically worshipped as a god. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because of the ancient Near Eastern context, right, in which he was right. accepted as this vast and amazing ruler and all that. So, and then remember all the later Caesars were all divinized. Yeah. yeah. So there's nothing weird about that. Um, although I don't think that that we should interpret those passages about the king of Tyre and the king of Babylon as if those were Satan. Mm. Although it is the first place we get the word Lucifer in there. Where, what, what book is that? Lucifer okay. is, I think it's in Isaiah, mm -hmm. the king of, of Tyre. Mm -hmm. thinks he's a god, mm -hmm. and he's called the bearer of light. Yeah. And oh. the Lucifer just means the bearer of light. Yeah. So it comes to us from the Latin translation of the Hebrew Bible and becomes an English word right. for the god, uh, the, de the devil. The reason is because the church has long interpreted that as if it was about yeah. Satan, which it's not. Oh. Well, let's let's move to the New Testament, is. though, to talk okay, about the, the where where the demonic is 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 personified in the temptation oh, yeah. of Jesus, right? Oh, yeah. uh, Jesus out oh, in the yeah. wilderness for 40 days oh, yeah. and 40 nights, and Satan comes and tempts him, and, and Jesus right. resists that temptation. Right. Um, and not just that story, but then you have, you know, the, the, the evil spirits possessing people, right. and, yeah, like and Jesus, Jesus casts out yeah, evil spirits. Yeah. Them out. Well, so, let's, let's yeah, let's about talk about that. Okay, that. So, so is there, yeah, like, is there, like, one, like, there's like one king Satan and then he's got a bunch of minions or like let's think about this in terms of theological categories and okay. then we'll talk about the New Testament I just I don't know how we got dragged into the Old Testament it doesn't matter it's not really even part of the Bible but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so um, I basically wanted to say that the, the church historians since the Second World War Christian historians and theologians have been thinking theologically seriously about these evil, spiritual evil. Like, it's mm -hmm. real, well, how do we think of it? So, basically, there's been one approach which says, uh, and it's, it's similar, both interesting, both Bultmann and Tillich have approached like this, but um, where you take the stories in the New Testament, you translate them into human categories about our existence and our psychological problems and things like that. Okay. So that you, you recognize there's spiritual evil, but <clears throat> you want to take out the mythology part of it in the New Testament and turn it into something believable in a modern sure. social, so you're scientific rationalizing world. It. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, you rash you you rationalize it. Yeah. You um yeah. you westernize it. You, yeah. Yeah. You scientize it or something like that. So, yeah. that so then it it's just kind of mental illness psycho, or something. You, psycho, you psychologize it. Well, yeah, maybe a better word is that you make it existential. It's about sure. the way of human existence, sure. okay, mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. And individual struggles with evil and sin and demonic and violence, and which is very real. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I won't deny that that is a spiritual evil, a form of spiritual evil. Another move is to that doesn't just so much about the individual, is to see this as structural social evil. Sure. Oh yeah. Okay. And the idea here is that, you know, s- groups of people when they when they band together for a, a powerful purpose and they're passionate about it, they have what the French call the esprit de corps. You know, the spirit of the group. Mm-hmm. And. What's interesting is, you know, people have studied, for example, soccer hooliganism and stuff like that as sociologists and psychologists, social psychologists. Mm-hmm. And um, they've, sh- they've been able to show, you know, individual people mm-hmm. who would never do things like mm-hmm. this as individuals, mm-hmm. they're somehow capable of doing these really horrible things because you know, the whole group is kind of together as a group doing this awful yeah. thing. Yeah. And it can be used for good, too. I mean, you could band together and people can work and be passionate about some issue, some particular injustice, some danger, and they could be very courageous and do courageous things they'd never do by themselves. Sure. Mm-hmm. So if you if you recognize that as, as real and legitimate part of our corporate human existence, then you could see how that could be corrupted and used by evil and for evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you just have to add to that there's also structural evil, sort of institutionalized sure. yeah. injustice. Yeah, 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 yeah. What the social gospelers called social sin, you know. The, right. the, it doesn't have to be laws. It could be, you know, cognitive biases and, you know, the, the living out and structures of society of certain prejudices and hatreds and racial, mm-hmm. racism yeah. and yeah, yeah. patriarchy and all those kinds of things. Okay, so... They see those as like the principalities and powers that right. Paul is talking about, the spiritual evil, the right. demons. Mm-hmm. And then there are people like, you know, Greg Boyd who think, e- although you have to be very um, cautious and minimalist about this, because there's so much weirdness in popular culture about Satan. I mean, right. it's just out of yeah. this world. Right. And it's almost all malarkey. Okay. Okay. But so you have to say no to all that in order to even make a little whisper about maybe there are such beings. I mean, why wouldn't there be? Mm-hmm. Because um, they're scary? Because they're scary, maybe. That's why they wouldn't be. <laughs> One reason is if you, if, you, if you recognize that God may have created other kinds of persons besides humans... Are you talking about aliens? Maybe, or angels. Yeah. Oh, angels, right. Or, no, or aliens. Or aliens. Or aliens. Alien, 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 alien. Doesn't matter. Great, great, I don't great. mean the earthling type aliens. Right. I mean the space aliens. Right, aliens. like the ones far away. Right. right, right. right. And the, yeah. <laughs> aliens, then, and angels, then why might not there, and if, if freedom and wildness and randomness is built into the structure of reality, why couldn't some of those spiritual beings who are persons go wrong and do wrong? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's not that weird once you accept that there's a God and that there's other kinds of creatures who are spiritual persons but not human. Then the question is, what do you do about the demonic? Exactly. 
That's the question. And the answer is you run to Jesus Christ. Okay. I am not kidding I, on this amen. one. You're kidding. Amen. I have amen. listened Hallelujah. to so many stories that you cannot imagine. I, okay, where shall I start? I want to thank God that I've never had a direct encounter or knew people directly who had any kind of these spiritual manifestations, which after careful psychological conversations mm -hmm. that are informed, you know, they're secular first, right? Remember right, that? Right, right, right. Okay, so yeah. it's secular first. You're going to think about this in medical and modern ways. Right. So you, and rule, then so you rule out rule the medical and the, and the psychological. psychological. And you yes. still see something's going on here. Right. You suddenly realize, why couldn't I have prayed for this all along? Like, do I think that because I'm taking a pill, God goes to sleep? And right. doesn't do anything ridiculous. Yeah. If yeah. God stopped doing, the entire cosmos would collapse back into nothing. Right. Yeah. So God's always acting. The question is, what's happening here? And how is God doing this good thing of healing or whatever? Because I think that Jesus' exorcisms are not special. Hmm. Same one. In the ancient world, which is not the modern Western scientific mindset, the human and the spiritual and the bodily and the illness and health, those were all interconnected. Yeah. You cannot he have a healing ministry that doesn't include exorcism in a world like that. Yeah. Where they accept the reality of spiritual evils and the spiritual the evil spirits or unclean spirits, as Mark says, I kind of like that, like can that. affect you. Huh. So, I mean, exorcism is another kind of healing. It is not... Yeah. Uh, all that different. It's not a, like a categorical difference. Yeah. Huh, that's yeah. really interesting. I've never thought yeah. of that. There's physical yeah. healing. There's spiritual yeah. healing. So, mm -hmm. so say more, Alan. You said, what do you do about this? You run to Jesus. I think so. So I mean, say more about that. How, what do you well, do in other words, that? there is power in the name and the prayer and the presence of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit to combat these evils. Amen. And I think their power exists in all those dimensions we mentioned. Hmm. Against structural evil. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, God's people and, and people of just can, can work against that. Again, you know, so that kind of sense of principalities and power. Against the individual problems that we have in our lives, whether they're psychological, existential, whatever they spiritual. are. Spiritual, yeah. They're spiritual. Right. That kind of evil, Jesus can work with that and heal us. Mm -hmm. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, in exorcism, the same is true. Mm -hmm. So it might just be that through an unfortunate series of, a series of unfortunate events, <laughs> you find yourself having to think about mm -hmm. whether I should pray mm -hmm. that this person, evil spirit, be sent away, mm -hmm. or this person be healed of whatever oppression they're having, mm -hmm. of whatever kind it is. And I, I'm not saying I know any of that stuff. Don't do that alone either. So in other mm -hmm. words, you don't want to fight structural evil by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to seek psychological and medical healing by yourself. Right. You do not want to do this by yourself either. Yeah. Yeah. That whole exorcist, yeah. one priest goes in, that's stupid. No. Yeah. I, you do it with groups of other people they don't all even have to be Christian, but just wise, understanding, thoughtful, and open to this idea, mm, yeah. to this possibility. And, uh, yeah. I mean, that's what I've learned from people who've actually done this and Can, do it. And there are today. actually 
exorcist. I mean, that especially in the Catholic Church, yeah. there are actually trained every diocese. priests. Every diocese has An a trained exorcist. So and I, they're trained in psychology too. Yeah, right, so they're, they're very learned right. people. Yeah. And can I but share? But they know the ritual of the Catholic Church. Today. Can I share a personal story? Yes. Sure. Yeah. And and maybe we can end with this. But like, so um, so I'm an adult convert to Christianity. And um, for a while there, before I was baptized, I felt very much as if I was wrestling with a darkness. And I had other people pointed out to me. In fact, I, that certainly secular first. That was not the category that I went to until I had a friend say, I think you're in spiritual warfare. And I was like, oh, that sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah that actually but does that really sucks. but it also awful. resonated right it was like yeah. you know i i had done i had ruled out some of the other things that it might have been it's like this isn't it doesn't feel exactly like like anxiety this doesn't feel exactly like some of the you know the other like depression or other things that i have wrestled with in my life this felt deeper felt more primal somehow this this sort of um darkness this fear this like terror and so, um, actually, Catherine, I went to Catherine, who's a dear mentor and friend of mine, and, and um, asked her to baptize me. This is a long story about how we got there. You can, I, I wrote a book. You can buy the book. But, um, <coughs> I'll go right out and do that now. Thank you. <coughs> um, but in my baptism, when I was baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, I felt the spiritual darkness physically leave my body Hmm. and it was vanquished and that baptism has been a protection and a hedge ever since and it has not come back i'm not saying you know certainly people who have been baptized can have these experiences Mm -hmm. but for me it that was it it vanquished it it defeated it you know that classically baptism as a liturgy includes exorcism yeah, well, we, 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 we did, we did that. Yeah. that. We renounced him. We You're supposed to renounce Satan and all of his works. Yes, we did, and we so, renounced it. So because it, you cannot exist filled with the Holy Spirit and have the evil spirit there, too. Yeah. That just God doesn't allow it. No. So just, to, just to, to clarify that, for those who haven't seen a baptism, perhaps, we, oh, there, there right. is a point before the baptism where you say to the person getting baptized, do you renounce Satan and all his works and all his ways? And the baptized says, I renounce them. Do you believe in God the Father? Right. I believe, I believe in, in God, God, the God the Father. Father. Do you believe in God the Son? Do you believe, believe in God, God the Holy, Holy Spirit? Spirit? And then the whole congregation speaks the Apostles' Creed. So it is, it is a kind of exorcism, right? right? It's a renouncing. Oh, it is an exorcism. It is it's an exorcism. Okay. And, it, yeah. and, it, and what I'm saying is it works, right? Yeah. Like, all my skepticism, of course, I'm like deeply skeptical about this whole conversation. I'm deeply skeptical, even Me as too. I have experienced the right. effects of both spiritual darkness, yeah. spiritual evil, and then the cleansing, healing light of the baptism of Jesus Christ. And um, and I think it's fair to sort of live in that tension a little bit where, you know, and, and I think it's smart, right? We, 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 should, we should doubt ourselves <laughs> every yeah. once in yeah. a while, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, shouldn't no blame, we, don't, we shouldn't blame everything on Satan like the devil made me do it, right? Oh, well, like, God, no, that's extreme. But, but, and at the same time, I think to be open to that possibility, to be open to um, seeing 
things in not such a Western scientific modernistic way right. um, helps us kind of have more access to like what right. what is actually what real. is real. Yeah. yeah. So yes, we started. Oh, go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, I have not had that experience, but I cannot tell you how many stories yeah. I've heard. Just because I teach the demonic sure. and people ask me about it, and I get pastors talking to me about it because it's out there that, you know, I talk about this. Um, I don't believe it because of my personal experience. Okay, it's one of those things where, well, we believe God through our experience. Not always. Mm -hmm. Sometimes theology comes to us through the Holy Scriptures, through the global voice of the church, through the great traditions, and, uh, and through other people that are wise and yeah. that you trust. And they're not like cuckoo. Yeah, right. And telling you this is a real thing and yeah. you, you don't believe it, then, you know, you probably need to think about that. So it's one of those weird things where I believe it because of other people, not because of me. I believe it because it's in the scriptures, not yeah. because of me. Yeah. yeah, It's not about me. And so your testimony, I totally accept as true. Yeah. Not yeah. just true for you. No. And that's no, your no, no, meaning no. that you're making true. for yourself. But you're discovering yes. a reality yes. and you're discovering meaning. You're not making Correct. it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Thank you for that testimony, thank Katie. You, Kate. And thank you, Alan, for your expertise. I we started <laughs> no, not sure, personal, not personal expertise. I know what you mean. I just want to say, you know, we started with the question: Is it crazy to believe in demons? And we said no. That that reflects reality. But but I I also want to say, um, what, by saying we believe in demons, it's not that we uh, owe them allegiance. It's we believe in their existence. We but we believe even more strongly in the power of Jesus Christ Amen. to vanquish those demons. Yeah. That the Amen. demons are, are not. Uh, Christ is more powerful than the demons and has already, through his death and resurrection, conquered mm. uh, the, the prince of darkness. Mm -hmm. So that's what we need to, to proclaim even more loudly than, uh, than, than this reality of which we're talking. So. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Oh, yeah. Amen. Evil. Amen. Jesus Amen. is Lord. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Enter the Bible podcast. And you can get high quality courses, commentaries, resources, videos, reflections, and much more at the newly relaunched Enter the Bible website at enterthebible.org. Thanks for joining us.